this isn't a political podcast. Does that really matter? We talk sports, we try to keep it lighthearted, but sometimes certain events happen that need to be discussed. On May 25th of 2020, George Floyd, an unarmed African-American man, was murdered by Officer Derek Chauvin. This is yet another atrocity in a string of atrocities that have occurred at the hands of a white male in this country. George Floyd, Philando Castile, Eric Garner, Ahmaud Arbery, Breonna Taylor, Tamir Rice, among so many others, say their names, but don't shy away from it anymore. It's time to stand up to racism once and for all an issue that has been rooted in America's core since its inception. You can't be vocal about the looting and riots without first understanding why it's all happening in the first place. <laughs> I mean, shit, at first I was very confused by the destruction, and I'm sure so many others were as well, but now I realize that the oppressed can only be held down for so long before something has to give. On top of that, many of those peacefully protesting are not the ones that are causing the violence and anarchy. The Black Lives Matter movement is more than just a hashtag. It's more than just a social media trend that has encompassed many of these issues throughout recent history. It's a cry for help that needs to be answered. It's 2020. Have we learned anything over the past 106 years, since the Civil Rights Movement? Love one another, whoever you are, no matter your race. Show support for this movement. Stand up for your brothers and sisters who have faced these hardships their whole lives. Speak to African Americans on the topic. Educate yourself. Don't drown in your own ignorance. This shouldn't even be a political thing. This should be a common sense thing. As a white man, I can't even pretend to comprehend what African Americans have experienced and continue to experience on a day-to-day -day basis. But I do know there are a lot of good people in this country. Strength comes in numbers, and with those numbers, we can fight back against systematic racism that has unfortunately taken a stranglehold on the United States of America. George Floyd will not die in vain. He has started a movement that ultimately could save this country from itself. All lives cannot matter until black lives do. I hope you enjoy today's episode of the Upper Deck Hecklers. On this episode of the Upper Deck Hecklers, we continue our segment breaking down all the NFL divisions and giving our predictions for those divisions. We also discuss the sports and how they are on the verge of finally returning in some of the formats that those sports are looking into. And finally, we have one of my buddies, Craig Didolo, on, a professional baseball player in the Chicago White Sox organization. And we have him on to talk about all of the financial issues and all the turmoil going on in baseball right now. So it should be a fun episode. Let's get right into it. Play ball! There's never been anybody I'm Sonny Liston, I'm Jack Dempsey, there's no one like me, I'm from their claw, there's no one that can match me. The Upper Deck Hecklers have arrived. Tyler, Christian, the Upper Deck Hecklers, we are back for yet the rest of the And as we go on moving forward. There's still not much in the sports world, but we're going to get right into our NFL divisional breakdown that we've been doing over the past couple of weeks. I think we've already covered the NFC North. We covered the NFC South, and this week we are going to get into it with the NFC East. So Tyler, you want to kick us off with it? All right. So four teams, Cowboys, Giants, Eagles, and Redskins. I think there's 
a pretty clear hierarchy in terms of the uh, top two and bottom two teams. I think Cowboys come out on top, especially with that probably one of the best steals of the first round in C.D. Lamb, which is so unfortunate because I thought he was the best receiver in the class. Him falling to 17 was disgusting. Uh, Jerry Jones didn't mess up a pick for the first time in like a decade. And then coming in second, the Eagles. Uh, And then obviously you have the basement of the NFC East with the Giants and Redskins. Um, And and those two teams, I think it's going to be a toss-up between who finishes worse. Giants are clearly more talented team uh, on offense, strictly because they have an offensive line. They have more than one wide receiver, and then they have probably one of the best three backs in the NFL in Saquon. Well, the Redskins kind are lacking. Uh, I do think Daniel uh, Dwayne Haskins is better than Daniel Jones in terms of talent-wise. Uh, obviously, Haskins needs to get some some things in order. So I'm giving them the slight edge in QB. Outside of that, Giants just kind of outclass them, other than Scary Terry, of course. But I, I think both those teams are going to be finishing below 6-10. and 10. I think the Cowboys are going to be kind of wept a division. Uh or what? Yeah, what the division in terms of just regular season games. So I think they're going to be eleven and five, twelve and four, ten and six, maybe because the Cowboys are still the Cowboys, and then the Eagles are going to be like nine and seven. That's that's my prediction. Okay, so I'll go through my quick little predictions really quick, and then I want to kind of dive into some of the more specifics in the division because there are a couple new coaches. But I'm pretty similar to you. I have the Cowboys at ten and six. I think, like you said. With that, a decent draft with C.D. Lamb. They still got Dak. They still got Zeke. They have a lot of big-time playmakers. They're going to be that team whoever you're. I think, I think they'll win 10 games at least, maybe squeak out 11. Don't think they'll make much noise in the playoffs, but I think they are going to be the class of that division. Eagles, I absolutely agree that they're going to be 9-7. and seven. They're just they're that team that's – if you're an Eagles fan, maybe you'll convince yourself that they could get 10 or 11 wins or – you could even I mean, they could even go yeah. the other way and be a, a team that wins six, seven, eight games. I think they'll probably end up around nine because they really are just a pretty average team right now. Talent, and then, like, roster talent wise, they're not very strong. No, they don't have no. a standout running back. They don't have a stand like Wentz is always hurt. He really uh-huh. outside of that like year and a half, his first year and a half, he's been average. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wide receiver wise, like obviously they drafted. Yeah, they got Alshon and they got Deshaun, Deshaun Jackson, but yeah, but I mean they, they did nothing last year. They always hurt. No, that kind of stuff. Exactly. And then their defenses, they lost uh, Malcolm Jenkins uh, yes, to free agency, so he's in the Saints now. Uh, so like the Eagles are hurting on cornerbacks too. Uh, basically outside of their D line, I wouldn't say their defense is anything special either. So. So talent-wise, I could easily see them as a 6-10 and 10 team, except they just have the Giants and Redskins in their division, which is why I'm giving them that, that, that little bump. Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah, the Giant, Giants and Redskins are going to round out the bottom of that division. I don't think it's even really close. No. I think the Giants could they, could they could squeak out six or seven wins. Talent-wise, yeah. They could. Um, but I just I don't know if I see it happen yet. And then, obviously, the Redskins just aren't there yet. Probably four or yeah. five wins. But – and this is something I want to dive into more. So McCarthy and Rivera, both new coaches in this division. I think, and I think Ron Rivera could do a lot of really good things for yep, a young yeah, team. That's, that's, I think, where I'm in now. Obviously, super, super tough 
for more Haskins than Dak in terms of a new head coach, just because he's not really established in the league yet. Obviously, uh-huh. a lot of times when a new regime comes in, they like to kind of clean house in terms of what quarterback they want and stuff. So I'm a little nervous, obviously, because I really want Haskins to do well in the NFL. Uh, but I think Riviera is a significantly better coach than uh, whoever's called McCarthy. So I think the Redskins obviously would have a better boost in terms of coaching switch. I Obviously, the Cowboys are just going to be significantly better on roster. So that's why they're not going to suffer as bad in terms of uh, transitioning, like growing pains. Yeah. I mean, like you said at best, the Giants could talent-wise be a 7, 9, 6, and 10 team. A lot of the issues are just going to be kind of a weaker defense as well as, uh, I mean, the biggest thing holding Daniel Jones back is his fumbles. That's, mm-hmm. Like, he, he's, he's, he blew everyone's mind out of the water in terms of, passing well but the problem is he he couldn't hold on the ball a lot uh so if he gets that under control he could honestly he could make some noise with the giants i'll, I'll give him that i want to be petty yeah. and just dislike him but he can just judging from his play last year if he cleans up his fumbles i think the giants are a significantly improved team and i may be wrong here but do the giants i i feel like now do the giants have a new coach as well judge or something like that oh yeah mm-hmm. joe judge so yeah this division actually has three um three new coaches so that could i think be he's gonna be the worst coach. dynamic and well yes but jason garrett also went to the to the giants as well to be their offensive coordinator so that could be a storyline to follow when those teams face off but yeah i i agree i think the giants they could i'm not expecting them to overwhelm anyone but with the talent they have they could get some more wins than people might expect. Now, regarding the Redskins, have they obviously picked Chase Young with the number two overall pick. Do you see Chase Young having a year that makes him stand out from other rookies, or do you think yes. he's going to have growing pains? Yes, uh, for a few reasons. Uh, I think it's going to be a lot like the Nick Bosa scenario, where the talent is there, obviously. Okay. But he got drafted into a team that fits him really well because he he isn't the only like good defensive player on the roster like if he went to the Giants he would be have much harder time because the D-line isn't very strong around him so obviously he would pick up a lot more double teams triple teams stuff of that nature uh but I think with the because the front seven for the Redskins are honestly probably one of the top 10 in the league uh, especially if they keep Kerrigan, which I hope they do. Uh, so I think he'll, he'll, the numbers will stand out a lot because he's not, he can't get double teamed as much. Because in college, like, that was part of the reason he did so well. Is, I mean, obviously, I'm just comparing college. As an Ohio State fan, I watched all the games. So their D-line yeah. was all five-star recruits. And while well, the five-star doesn't mean a lot, it's basically just pure like building building blocks of a player. So they're the biggest, strongest guys coming out of high school. So they mm-hmm. still dominate the D-line or the O-line. So Chase Young, they couldn't deploy as many bodies on Chase Young as part of the reason why he did so well. Because he'll win the one-on-one matchups. And I still think that'll translate well into the NFL. It's just I don't think he'll get 
double teamed as much, which is, I think, the biggest thing to say. Because yeah. I, I don't think he's the Aaron Donald transcendent talent yet in terms of where he could get double, triple teamed every time and still make record numbers of sacks and tackles for losses and stuff of that nature. Yeah, I would I would agree on that front. And I guess just rounding it out, it's going to be an interesting division, not necessarily because there are the most I don't know, prominent teams ever, but just because with the three new head coaches, it's going to be interesting. And yeah, I would say that you got Rivera probably being the most significant ab coaching-wise, then McCart- uh, McCarthy, and then third, you got Joe Judge guy. He's not even the most prominent judge in New York. So at that point, it's just, it's a lost cause for the Giants. Yeah. So it will be, it will still be interesting to follow this division, although they may not have the powerhouse that some other divisions may have. Do you have any other final comments to make on it? I mean, just really quickly going to hype up the Redskins defense because I looked at it and I just got super hyped to watch their games. <laughs> Ryan Kerrigan, obviously he's a beast. Montez Sweat, outside linebacker who doesn't get much love but is actually a phenomenal player. Jonathan Allen, solid player. Darren Payne, solid. Obviously we talked about Chase Young. Their linebacker core is just a little scary. And John Bostic, which again, underrated. Uh, Thomas Davis Sr., who's an older guy, but still a phenomenal player. Reuben Foster, and then in the cornerback position, I think they have three three solid guys. And Kendall Fuller, obviously, he's phenomenal. Len, uh, Landon Collins, who's pretty good. And then Troy Epke, who I think is uh, a little underrated as well. So I think that defense is going to give a lot of problems to teams. I mean, what, they were a top 10 defense last year. And I th- obviously, they're, if they're adding to their weakest point in D-line, I think I think the Redskins, talent-wise, have improved a lot this draft. They're still obviously years away from doing anything. but Step in the right direction, for sure. Yeah. So, now that sports are finally kind of, I, I'm not going to say coming back, but they are in the preseason of coming back. There's There's been some mention of possible return dates now. And this at least gives us something to look forward to. I want to briefly touch on the NHL and the NBA who have both come out and said that they're targeting specific formats or specific dates. The NHL is the most interesting. I don't know if you saw it, but they have the 2014 playoff. They've officially Mm -hmm. announced it. They want to do two separate cities. And and the seating, it's kind of confusing, but I think it's, it's 12 teams for each conference. And then the top or maybe maybe 11 for each conference, something along those lines. First four teams from each conference play in a round robin to do seeding. And then the next, the five through 11 seeds actually do a play in. And I think this is going to be really, really cool. Cause everyone knows that hockey playoffs is awesome. It's and probably now they're the just adding playoffs. a twist on it. Just, yeah. Just appearance of like, you're just watching grown men on like knives, just skate around <laughs> and get the shit out of each other. Yeah. It's incredible. And even for those who aren't huge hockey fans, they still loved, like in me, I'm a perfect prime example of this. It also made it easier that growing up, the Blackhawks talks were in the midst of <laughs> that, the that was just like the decade of supremacy. It's just the easiest bandwagon ever. And I didn't feel bad about it because I'm from Chicago, the Chicago area. So I could easily just hop uh, on. Chicago. Love. Yeah. Yeah. From Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's easy to watch a team when they're just dominating year in and year out. And that's kind of where I developed my love for the hockey playoffs. Cause it, it really is just another level. Yeah. I mean, I hope most 
major sports followed their lead in this example of, all right, shortening the season, larger playoffs. Obviously, it's going to be a shorter time frame for them to make money, but it's better than anything, like nothing. Mm-hmm. And you have more teams, obviously, participating in what means more. Because uh, the MLB, they're screwed. Yeah, and we'll get into that plenty. But they're uh, screwed. Yeah. But uh, outside of that, every other sports, like every other sport, looks somewhat promising in terms of returning to a degree. Obviously, probably with no fans, but who cares? If we have something to watch on TV. That's uh, all that matters. Yeah. Something chaotic that we can watch on TV that has to do with sports that that gives people like you and me something to look forward to in the future regarding athletics. And the NBA is also another league that is trying to target, possibly targeting. They've used a lot of a lot of language that's very vague, but they're targeting a July 31st return and they want to kind of get into a preseason in June and I think they there were there's a lot of rumors going around with the NBA. There's rumors regarding possibly playing it like Disneyland, Disney World. There's possible finishing the regular season with like 20 teams, and then there's also possibly just going right into the playoffs with more teams. It, it's just an absolute cluster, and you never know what you're going to get. No one knows what we're going to get. But what would you prefer? I would prefer, like you just said that they go right into the playoffs. But honestly, I think adding more teams would also be cool. So maybe a 22-team playoff like the NHL is doing could be a lot of fun. And I'm not just saying that because I think the Bulls would slide in there like the last slot, but also because more teams, more the merrier. It's just a I lot think, of fun for everybody. Obviously, he won't hear this, uh, whoever it's called, uh, Silver. Uh, but I think this is a perfect opportunity for them to implement uh, a new seating system. Okay. And they would get so much love, I think. Let's say if they extend it. Right? Let's just say instead of eight teams in each each side, it's ten. Like, again, arbitrary numbers. Uh-huh. And you go one to 20, not one to ten in that division. And I, yeah. I bet you get so much more love from the fans that it would be so much easier to transition after this year, after the 1-20, to 20, again, just throwing out numbers, playing uh-huh. each other 2-19, uh, that you could slim it back down to the 8 each, each con- or the top 16. So you'd be able to just get rid of those four playoff slots for just because of extraneous circumstances in terms of pandemic. And then it would be a perfect transition uh, with a lot less grief from players, owners, basically anyone who opposes the idea. Yeah. Yeah, it really does give them the opportunity to do to, to do things that first of all they wouldn't do if all this crazy pandemic stuff wasn't going on. It allows them to explore some things. Honestly, I think it could be cool for them to do moving forward eliminating the conferences in general and just going Cuz the West is so 16. much better. Oh, right. And, and to and be I fair, that's always, cha- that's always changing. Yes, yeah, it is. it's cyclical, but the problem is it shouldn't matter. It, it should be the best teams. It's the same idea. And I understand why conferences are a thing. Totally makes sense in the regular season, stuff like that. You don't want these guys traveling cross, cross country for uh-huh. like a home and away series or something, something yeah. incredibly stupid like that. But for the playoffs, I think it, it's a lot better to see the best teams 
with the most on the line. Because a lot of times, like, in the Warriors, like, e- even if the Cavs, the 2016, like, you knew the Western Conference final was basically the final uh-huh. for, for most of the back half of this decade, this last uh-huh. decade. And so that's, like, if you eliminate that, and just the best teams are on opposite sides so they can meet each other in whatever like series or championships or whether that be MLB, mm-hmm. hockey, basketball. I think that would make the sport a lot more enjoyable. Yeah, I, I agree completely. And it's going to be interesting to see. It, like, I, like I did say, this pandemic situation will offer some creativity to these leagues and they can do things they wouldn't have done beforehand. So from that, with that being said, it remains to be seen what they do, but if they do do something pretty cool, I think it could moving forward be what they do permanently. I I think, I mean, I I would not have said hockey does that. I would say Adam Silver was probably the best. Uh He's the best commissioner. I'd say hands down. I, yeah. yeah. I, and so that's why I think if any league does something creative that works well, it would be the NBA, which is, I think, why we're partially focusing on that the most. Uh, just because it's already been shown how much of a clown Manfred is. And then Goodell, I will say he's he's boosting his PR quite a bit. Uh, but is? Yeah, With, he is. with no, the, the Portnoy situation. Well, that, that's... The, that's <laughs> That's different. I'm talking yeah, about your yeah, PR. Okay. He he, and w- whether you like him or not, or believe him or not, it's it's arbitrary because PR wise, obviously not taking his salary during this entire thing. He he even went to as far as which I I remember I texted you about it during the electronic draft or the live draft, where he should still get booed. He was kind of propping. Uh, the people behind him up to start booing him. That was a phenomenal PR standpoint, I think. Uh-huh. And yeah. so he, he's been working on with a new PR firm, I think, the past year because it's it's working out so far. Well, we shall see. We shall see if the the face turn of Roger Goodell truly carries into the future. Well, because he'll get fired then. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. the owners want someone who's hateable, so yes. they hate them instead of the owners. So maybe he's just trying to plant the seeds to get out. Maybe that's what he's doing. Well, yeah, well, he got that $40 million a year deal, a private jet for life, yeah. all expense paid. Like, what, what does he need? What more does he need? If anything, he just gets all the hate in the world. So getting out of that situation would probably be better to him. It's probably more detrimental to his Wasn't it like a 10-year contract he <laughs> signed? Just have on? everyone hate you. Yeah, something like that. But yeah, like I mean, like contracts and sports. Like contracts and sports always have clauses. Where you oh, 100%. If you... you you banked 120 mil already. See ya. Yeah. So that, that it'll be yeah. it'll be interesting to see. But there's a lot regarding sports that moving into the next couple months, they could possibly be back. They could possibly not come back. We shall see. But it is cool that we're finally getting something to kind of grasp onto and hopefully hold on to for the near future. So With that being said, we are going to get right into our interview with Craig now. I hope you guys enjoy it. And we are here with Craig Didolo. Craig, you want to introduce yourself, promote anything? You got Twitter, Instagram, OnlyFans, whatever you want to promote. You got it, man. (laughs) Uh, You know, uh, name's Craig Didolo, at Craig underscore Deeds on all (laughs) platforms. Um, 
Yeah, I'm from Munster, Indiana. Now I live out in Valpo. That's how I met the one and only Christian Barzi. <laughs> um, about it. I'm a baseball player now and then. Yeah, yeah, he is a baseball player, and we have him on today to talk about everything that's been going on in the baseball world with minors, majors. Obviously, coronavirus has caused a lot of issues. So, Craig, maybe just speak on your initial reactions to everything that is going on with baseball, the season being canceled. What was it like when you initially found out that all this was happening? So it was crazy. So, like, I first showed up to spring training, like, a little bit early than, uh, like, the rest of the minor leaguers. Like, not part of, like, big league camp, but, like, with opportunities to back up big league games and kind of just be like a filler. Like, hey, uh, Luis Robert doesn't want to go out there for the 7th, 8th, and ninth. Uh, you're going out there. Cool. You get paid for it, too. So I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm all about it. <laughs> um, but like, the third Yeah, that always spring, helps. Yeah, exactly. But like the third day into spring training, I got hurt. So like, I pretty much went there. February 18th and didn't do anything until March like 9th I think I was released and I was like I hurt my back so like I couldn't do anything like literally couldn't move like all I did was like ride a bike and like walk that's pretty much it yeah. but then uh you know I'm finally getting full go and I'm like damn I'm like kind of behind like I kind of felt like I all that work I put in leading up to spring training kind of was a waste just because I got hurt and I like, couldn't do anything. Um, mm -hmm. But then, you know, I think we got sent home on like March 12th, but like, every, so everybody, the rest of my early camp showed up on March 8th. So they were only there for like three, four days and then they got sent home. Like it, it was wild. And so like, at first I was like, damn, this kind of sucks. But then I was thinking like, it kind of, as bad as it sounds, like, worked out for me because now, like, everybody got sent home. Everybody is yeah, in this position. And yeah, then, you weren't bad like, in the eight ball a little bit. No, yeah, yeah. And, like, now you, like, look at it, and I just remember sitting there being like, all right, we had this big meeting where they called everybody in at, like, say, like, 11 o'clock, and, you know, we get there at, like, 6.37 in the morning. They call everybody in there before we, like, go out and, like, do practices and stuff. And they're like, uh, so, yeah, this is what the coronavirus is. They had this huge PowerPoint with, like, all the doctors and stuff, and they're like, this is uh -huh. what it is. We don't think, it, like, you guys won't really be affected because you're, 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 like, young and you're, like, active. So, um, like, we should, we should all be fine. Um, we're going to send you guys home today. Um, you guys have the rest of the day off. And so like, I went back to the hotel. Um, we just kind of thought the next day we were, they're like tomorrow you'll get a text message or like later tonight, you'll get a text message about tomorrow. And they just texted us later that night and they said like, all right, well, uh, we're going to do like a deep clean of the facility. And then uh, we'll see you guys back here on like the day after that. And we're like, all right, whatever. So we had two, like a half day and then a full day off. Of like nothing which is like nice but at the same time like can't do anything because like you don't really have cars down at school uh -huh. training yeah so you're not really doing much and then the next day they're like that's when like all the nba stuff came out and they're like yeah we're sending you guys home we're like are you serious 
and then from then on it was like so like it was to my third spring training so they kind of like let me pick my own flight like if i wanted to leave that day i could have left that day except uh-huh. I, I just like would have paid for it and they would have reimbursed me but like my family just flew in to arizona to like watch me in spring training damn and then like like we got the we got the news we were going home and my family was already on the plane like literally in air flying <laughs> oh, God. that's brutal so I was just like, yo, do you guys mind if I like stay in Arizona for a little bit? Like I'll step, I'll still like fly home, but like, do you mind, do you mind if I like pick a later date and like stay with my family? And they, they allowed me to, which was cool. But like, ever since that, it's just been like, now what? You know what yeah. I mean? Like kind of like how you guys, you guys were literally in the middle of a full season. And then it's just like, all right, that's it. Like, cool. <laughs> yeah. Later. No, we were literally, I remember we were playing a game I don't know where it may have been Georgia Southern or Alabama State somewhere and we get out of the game and right after that we start finding out about all the NBA stuff and yeah from there it was like okay well now that the NBA cancel is canceled we may be in a little bit of trouble mm-hmm. and then obviously the next day we're on the bus going it was somewhere in Louisiana to play a series and we're on the bus going there and that's when all the news starts breaking that things are going to be canceled so yeah we ended up driving all the way to louisiana like four or five hours from wherever we were and then we had to drive 18 hours back i think we stopped at memphis that night but yeah it was yeah it's been chaos it's been chaos has been affected in a large part just because everything that's going on right now regarding like the financials of it i feel like baseball's in a position where they could be one of the first sports back Mm -hmm. but this point it's not look that could be the case being a pro baller do you have any i guess say in what goes on financially in these disputes or is that just something that's kind of more so at the major league level so like i know for like for instance a minor leaguer we really don't have like a saying much um like as bad as it sounds you're just happy if you get that like around january february time they like send you this packet and you're like you're just happy to get like a report date you're like sweet i survived another like off <laughs> yeah and you're just like you're like all right yes sign my name i'm this i'm like under contract for another year um i know up there i mean obviously like the players unions like very big and able to like have a lot of leeway and pull uh unfortunately that's up there like you have to get to that level to uh, have that union and whatnot. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I mean, we're, pr- and like from, for my, for example, like I, when I get on those zoom calls with my coaches, like uh-huh. I told you about, like they literally open it up every single time. Like, Hey, we haven't heard anything new. So let's just move on. <laughs> let's just talk about like, we, we talk about like a bunch of like off the field, like on the field, uh, like, kind of like mental side of baseball uh-huh okay and uh that's what we mostly talk about like dealing with failure hey you're doing really well like what do you say to yourself like do you like continue to just build yourself up to like hopefully you stay up there or you like try to stay level-headed because eventually you are going to get chopped down and not be at your highest it's just that's what we normally talk about not so much like what's going on with like baseball and stuff okay yeah i got you so i was gonna ask 
what the whole situation was with the miners moving forward, if you had any more information since we kind of last talked about it. No, Clearly dude, that I, question just kind of goes out the window. So. Like, like, I, like uh, I've heard things just like, obviously everybody goes on Twitter because that's like just our age is like news platform format. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm, yeah. Like I've seen things where, you know, the major leaguers, if they do have a season, some are, are going to sit out and that's going to give opportunities to minor leaguers. Like, you've brought up i don't know how true that is but i'm like shit i'll play (laughs) whatever like yeah whatever but uh i don't that like i said i doubt that's true because i doubt they're gonna let i doubt the uh the owners are gonna be like you know what we're gonna stick it to these guys and play a season without them there's no way they'd still lose too much money be hard for the optics as well outside of like with the fans and stuff if the owners Mm kind of try to shaft the MLB players it's just would not be a good look for them especially since they're already getting accused of kind of leaking stuff to the media to the press all that kind of stuff in terms of negotiations yeah exactly it's like why would you tune in to watch a White Sox game when Eloy Jimenez and Luis Robert aren't playing and they just have Craig Deedlow, who hasn't played above high A, is in there, and they're like, "Who's gonna?" No, I'm watching. I'm watching that. Yeah, you might. (laughs) My my family might, but like, no one else on the south side's watching that. Well, yeah, it could be similar to like the uh, the replacement ref situation in the NFL a couple years ago. Just obviously, that caused a lot of controversy. Now, like you said, you don't know how true those rumors are, but if something like that did happen. I'm sure that would cause controversy as well. Because, honestly, there's controversy regarding, it seems like, everything nowadays in the sports world. Mm -hmm. Um, But there were some actually interesting things I read. I don't know how true this is. Maybe you can confirm whether they are. So I saw that Shinsu Chu and then David Price are both paying all the minor leaguers in their respective organizations, and the owners aren't. Um, Well, what's your take on that whole situation? So I've actually, so Scott Capers, I've actually yeah. talked to him, who's in the Rangers organization. And okay. Like we were, we were talking about, I'm like, dude, that's like, when it first came out, we're like, dude, that's sick. Like you're going to, and it just came out that like all 30 organizations were paying the te- the players too. So we're like, wow, you're going to get a 400 a week stipend. So you're going to get that. And then you're going to get another thousand dollars on top of it. That's awesome. He's like, yeah, it's going to be pretty sweet. So what Scott has told me is that that's not happening. It's so say for this month, the Rangers aren't yeah. paying the players. Sinchu Chu is paying the players on behalf of the Rangers. What are your thoughts on that? Again? How does something like that happen? Yeah. It's like, I, I know it's know. a fine line, but yeah. <laughs> hey, I be mean, careful. It, it's cool because I mean, at least, at least, at least the Rangers are at least the Rangers players are getting paid, unlike some of the teams, which would suck. Because yeah. I mean, right now, you like I was I was talking to my mom about it. She's like, "What, what are you thinking about getting a job this summer?" I go, "You know, honestly, I I've thought about it, but it's like, hey, going into my interview, first of all, with all this coronavirus, I." don't imagine finding a job is that easy mm-hmm. but then on top of it it's like hey employer i would love to work for you but at the same time if baseball comes a knocking i'm out <laughs> seriously you know what i mean so it's could, like yeah it's like 
hey, I, it's so like I, I was telling my mom, like literally the only thing I could do is like, if you just so happen to have a family friend that needs somebody to fill in a like little position, but like, yeah, it, it's crazy. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I'm doing a lot of yard work, so you can always come and help me with that. I'm always looking. <laughs> what's what's your pay? What are you paying? Uh, <laughs> I see. Yeah, that's that's not money. I'll tell you that much. It's because uh, he's not allowed we'll to make any money in the NCAA. <laughs> yeah. Hey, not hey. Technically, we're done with that, though. I can make any money that I want at this point. Um, but David, so kind of going off the David Price uh, Shinsu Chu thing. I, I read that the White Sox are actually paying all their minor leaguers and all their employers through, is it through June? Yeah. I, yeah. Think, I think the plan is that, I don't know about, I've, I've heard some things like people are skeptical, skeptical about like the future months upcoming after June. But uh, I think they're doing this like month by month plan in hopes that like they figure it out and we can get back, like get back to having a season. Okay. Um, I don't know. Every every time it gets closer to the end of the month, and you know, like you get that, like our pay dates are the fifteenth and the thirty first. So it's like, or the thirtieth. So it's like every time it gets closer to that thirtieth, now you're thinking like, all right, well, is this gonna be my last check, or is it uh-huh. gonna be extended another month? So, like, I, like I said, like I'm really happy and really fortunate for what the White Sox are doing, mm-hmm. but like it's another that gives me like 30 days and then after that 30 days i'm back to well what's gonna go on now type thing so yeah for sure yeah uh tal you got a question or well i want to revisit uh something earlier so you go ahead okay yeah i was just gonna i was just gonna ask about moving forward what do you think just in general with baseball what the best case scenario at this point with the season would be regarding maybe how many games are played, a playoff scenario. So I know what the first proposal was, like, first games by, like, July 4th weekend, right? I think that was the first proposal. Yeah, something like that. It's still not out of the realm of possibility for that to happen. Uh Um, I think very best case scenario is something's finalized by the end of this week, and they give us, like, or the major leaguers, like, a week notice, like, hey, you're going to need to be at spring training for – what two three weeks so within the next five days you need to be at your spring training facility and then like expedite everything Mm -hmm. is that possible technically i guess so but is it likely i would i wouldn't say so do you feel like as a player you could get ready in that two to three week span well like the like so i've been fortunate to be able to continue my workouts yeah. and hitting and yeah. throwing so i think i would be able to get back to it pretty quickly um now i know that there's definitely going to be people that didn't weren't so lucky with what um facilities and people i was able to work out with and all that to like keep my like maintain my readiness um i feel like i feel like regardless if we play this year everybody's stat columns is going to have an asterisk next to it and it's yeah. going to be like COVID-19 year 
<laughs> so with that being said, you're swinging for a bomb every single time, right? Because it doesn't. Oh, matter. I mean that's what I do anyway. <laughs> yeah, that's what exactly. I'm pre- that's what I'm preaching to Nolan and Kyle. <laughs> that's what you gotta do. You gotta swing for it every single time. Tyler, what exactly. were you gonna? You wanted to follow up on? Yeah. Something? So I mean, this kind of relates back to that too. But you're talking about how just everyone's preparedness, readiness, and then you talked about how the whole mental game is kind of what it sounds like most teams would be focusing on right now and terms of uh, especially their minor leaguers i feel like a lot of people are going to struggle with this whole whole ordeal in terms of coming back and even next year so i feel mm-hmm. like this is kind of like a, a make or break for a lot of players and i feel like i was kind of curious of even when it got reported uh that everyone was kind of leaving spring training earlier on like how did they handle it knowing like it's kind of like a a cloud over their head well, so I know a lot of people were like a couple of my buddies and like the older guys who were like there like really early. Like I had a guy, I had one of my friends was there like February 1st, like so early. So when they were, when he was told that we were all getting sent home, he was like actually kind of pumped. He's like, yo, I get to go home for a little bit. Granted, we didn't know it was going to be yeah this long. We thought it was only going to yeah. be a couple of weeks, but uh I mean, like, some guys were, like, obviously the guys that just showed up were, like, what the hell? Like, I literally just showed up, and now I'm getting sent home. Um, it was kind of a mix of emotions. It was more just, like, everybody was – the only, like, common emotion everybody had was just uncertainty because we had no clue what was going on. Mm-hmm. And neither did the front office or, the like, nobody does around the nation. So it's, like, everybody was in the same boat of, like, okay, like, what now like when are we going to be back everybody's asking the same questions and you know it's just like we don't know no one knows no one has the answer yeah it's gonna be a while like obviously as we were just discussing we can hope that baseball will be back sooner rather than later but as you said with the Astro, you can't really know so maybe just kind of moving away from that to close everything out You've been in the Myers for a couple of years now. What have been some of your favorite experiences, some of your favorite moments in your time? You know, at first, uh, so, like, I got drafted, and uh, I don't know if I told you this story, but I got drafted, and, like, wasn't even watching the draft because I didn't think I was going to get drafted on day two. Okay. Uh, I get my name. I get a couple text messages from some scouts, and next thing you know, I get my name called. Yeah. Yeah, I was like really excited and I'm like, sweet. So like next thing you know, the White Sox just start sending me emails like, hey, we're going to need you in Arizona like this day, blah, 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 blah. And it was like two yep. days later. And I'm like, OK, like, uh, what do I need to bring? And they're like, uh, make sure you pack enough clothes because you're I'm like, well, when will I, will I be able to come home or like should I bring all my baseball stuff? And luckily I brought all my stuff because I left that like two days after the draft or getting drafted okay. and didn't come home until mid September. No so, like, way. My, my parents had to move me out of my uh, apartment in Bloomington. Yeah. I, like still had a lease in Bloomington. Uh-huh. So they had to move me out of my apartment. Um, just like all this stuff. And Sounds it was cool. wild. Yeah, exactly. It was pretty normal, but I had no clue because, I, like, I, I also went throughout the draft without an agent. So, like, all the, ne- the negotiations was, like, dealt with me. It was like, hey, would you take this? I'm like, yeah, I just want my name called. 
pretty much. Yeah. But uh, at first, I went out to uh, Great Falls, Montana. And while I was there, I'll be honest, I hated it. It was just like yeah, everything shut down at 10 o'clock, but your games aren't over until 11. So, like, food after the game sucked. But, like, looking back on it now, like, that was probably one of my best years, and it was my first year of pro ball or first half season. And, uh, like, my host family was just great. And my coaches I had out there were great. And my teammates were great. And there wasn't anything to do. So all you had was your host family, your coaches, and your teammates. And, like, it honestly made you, like, appreciate, like, baseball for what it is. Because it's Uh not like, like, I'm not saying IU and baseball is, like, big, but, like, you go out and you play a Friday night, Saturday night game, and next thing you know, you're at the bars after and you can do whatever you want until the next game. Out in Great Falls, you play a game, you go home. It's like it's like college summer ball, but like when you're like 17, 18 years old, there's literally <laughs> nothing else to do. You just go home, and like uh-huh. it just made me like actually appreciate baseball and like wow, I have to focus a lot. This is a lot more of a grind than like I thought college baseball and workouts were a grind. Like this is crazy. We have to lift five times a week and we play seven days out of the week. Like we have to lift and like I get on like when Nolan talks about like. Oh, like, hey, we can't, I can't lift that heavy today. I have a game or a 60 tomorrow. I'm like, dude, pro ball, you literally lift every single day and have a game two hours later. Yeah. Like, it makes you, like, take a step back and, like, reevaluate and be like, there's a lot more that goes into this. So, I mean, that's kind of, like, the main thing I've taken from it physically, mentally, I still don't know how the major leagues play a hundred. What is it? One hundred sixty-two. Yeah, one hundred sixty-two uh, games. Just yeah. I played. I was asking myself that plenty. I actually played in one hundred thirty and one hundred thirty-two, something like that, out of one hundred forty, because okay. minor leagues only one hundred forty. But like yeah. one hundred thirty games, and I'm dead at the end of the year. Like my body weight starts at maybe. 215 going into spring training at the end of the year i'm at like 195 just skin and bones like can't hold any weight just sweating everything out it's not called 195 skin and bones (laughs) well when you're when you're six when you're six four i mean when you're six four it's pretty much skin and bones but i don't know it was just like the, the and then like dealing with all like the failure like like, for instance, last year, I, I literally I hit, like, 560 for a week with, like, five home runs, and I thought I was a god. I'm yeah, like, baseball. I, just, yep. I just improved my, like, batting average up, like, another, like, 35 points. I'm like, one more good week like this, I'm going to be in double A. I'm going to be killing it. Next 40 games, I went, like, 0 for, like, 50 <laughs> with, like, 45 <laughs> strikeouts. Talk about being, like. Mount Everest, and then next thing you know, being in like the Dead Sea, and just being like, "How the hell did I get here?" Baseball is the one sport where just every baseball player ever has been in that exact position that you just described, exactly. being at the top of the world. You can't. You're just seeing everything. It's a beach ball, and then three games later, you can't 
you can't foul a ball off. You don't know what you're doing at the plate. Yeah, you, don't, exactly. you can't fight a hit. I said I was weird. I was talking to my coaches about. It. I'm like, yeah, everything looked like a beach ball that week, and then two weeks later, I didn't even hear my walk up song. And I next thing you know, I step in the box and I'm already 0-2. I'm like, how did I get here? I, I like I don't even remember walking into the or stepping into the box and I'm already 0-2. And it's just like learning how to deal with like that, uh-huh. and like knowing that like you don't need that. That next hit doesn't need to be a home run. You could break your bat in a billion pieces, but as long as you get on or like as long as you get the runner over, or like do like do the little things. I mean, like it all adds up and it like you don't know to, or you think that everybody just looks at your stat line. But in reality, they look at like the big picture, like what you're doing, like to help the team. And I think that's what I kind of learned last year is like, you know what, I'm not doing well, but. I could, I'm still playing every day, so they actually, they obviously still see something in me and know I'm going to get out of it. I just got to do stuff right now to, like, keep my name in the lineup, and then eventually hits will come, the ball will fall in. Absolutely. Tyler, you got anything you want to ask him? No. Appreciate the All time. Right. Talk to us. I, I've got no one more thing. I've got one more thing, and this is this may or may not be a little shot at Nolan Tucker, uh, Valparaiso baseball player. So the situation, would you rather hit a home run, just a soft, however no one calls it, a soft contact home run, just barely gets out, or absolutely hit a laser 110 off the bat to the opposite field triple? Let's hear it. You're, ne- you're never, <laughs> you're never going to change my mind. I agree. If you could hit a ball as hard as you – the way I think about it is this. Would you rather – hit a ball as hard as you can so 100 plus every single time you don't know where it's going or would you rather hit a home run every single time thank you thank you, thank you. it, it seems gonna, very logical right you're gonna, even one time I, it, for a guy like a nolan even though he did lead velpo in home runs last year yeah, he, was he tied did. for the lead yeah but oppo oppo you, you can you can never you can never, even if a pitcher says like, "Dude, you only, you barely got it and the wind blew it out." Hey, I still made f- three left turns on you and ended up at home. Plus, you get to walk it. Don't yeah, really run. exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> home run any day of the week. And the stat book, it, the stat book doesn't go in depth on it. Uh, and I, I'm gonna be so say it only. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was so we faced. At Louisville this year, we faced Reed Detmer. He's supposed to be like a top five or top ten pick, and I, I got a hit off him. But it was also pro- like it was a pop up, the bloopiest ball you could ever <laughs> ask for, right to center field. Have no idea how it didn't get caught. But you know, one day I'll, I'll tell my kids that I hit the ball 115 miles an hour. It was a base hit, and that's what I'll say. And no one will ever know. Like, yeah, you're gonna see him <laughs> pitching in the, his like tenth All Star game starting. Yeah. And he'll be, be like a six-time Cy Young winner. And he's like, I have a hit off him. Exactly. What happened? Don't worry about it. Don't worry I was on about first it. base. <laughs> All right, Craig. Well, we really appreciate you taking your time out to just talk to us a little bit today. Um, and yeah, we we appreciate. It. Thanks for coming on, man. Yeah, no problem. Thanks. It's okay, man. Take care. Take care. To finish out this episode, obviously the world's in. A strange time right now. It's the, it's the United States is in a very dark time, and 
instead of doing a wash of the week or a three up, three down, we kind of want to point to a hero in sports or someone who's just done a good thing in the athletics world, uh, just regarding everything that's going on in the country right now. So Tyler, you want to kick us off? Do you have someone to start here? Uh, so I know you're going to be more specific. Okay. Uh, I think I'm just going to take yeah. the, uh, the broad, the broad aspect. And I think just any athlete who you, you, you've had people around the world too. It's not just the United States. There's been protests around the world. I know Christian uh, mentioned that in the kind of the beginning of the episode. Uh, but all the athletes who are speaking about it, because I think, uh, was it Jalen Rose said it best where it was basically, I wish people loved uh, black people as much as black culture and sports mm-hmm. are a very, very, very big part of everyone's culture. Uh, and you see, obviously some of these heroes are black. Uh, obviously mine, every sports sports fan is. And you have everyone using their platform for basically, whether it's uh, justice, police reform, basically uh-huh. all that. Anyone who's using the platform. Uh, and I know, Christian, you're about to go above and beyond in terms of boots on the ground. But I, I think that's important to focus on of everyone who's not shying away from the topic in general. No, and to go off of that, I agree. If you're someone who has that platform it, we're in a we're in a position, and I I do kind of want to mention this briefly, and it makes sense that a lot of sports you're you're seeing a lot of football, a lot of basketball players, just a lot of those athletes speaking out, and honestly, I I'm not seeing a lot of that coming from the baseball side of things, and obviously baseball isn't as diverse, but I saw something on ESPN this morning. It was PJ Fleck was talking, and I agree with it completely yeah. wholeheartedly. It was about how Sports locker rooms are a melting pot of cultures, of ideals, of everything. And it's a bunch of guys who love one another and are pulling for the same things and would go are going to war for each other. And, well, and that's kind of how the world has to see things. And, and that's obviously, it's very easy to say that. But if, if people could have that mindset, it would make things a whole lot easier. I understand we we don't shy away from politics, but we do... We, this is mainly sports podcast, but I, I think because you're bringing up the melting part thing, I think how sports are thought of as in terms of the actual team, not not the fans around it, but as you say, like the locker room, the only thing that matters is talent there. Mm-hmm. That, that's the only that's the only thing is making sure you got the guys back, your teammates, and that that's basically how the entire world should be. It shouldn't be based on how you look what gender you are, all that crap. It should be basically focused on what do you bring to the table? And th- th- that's just not what it is, which obviously you said the world mm-hmm. should be, but I, I think having that understanding is, which is sad to say that sports are decades ahead of, appar- apparently decades ahead of a lot of thought processes, which is... The rest of the country, yeah. Yeah. In a lot of ways. So... To round out this episode, I'll go with my, I guess you could say, highlight of what's been going on. And that's actually something that happened last night. And I know this figure has been pretty controversial over the last five to ten years. But John Jones is starting his redemption arc. He's obviously had a lot of issues regarding um, just very controversial things 
but last night he was actually filmed going around i think it was albuquerque and yep. obviously these protests and have turned violent in some places and he was going around and taking uh, stopping looters and taking spray cans from people who were trying to spray paint um small businesses and stuff like that and he was basically just setting them in their place now obviously if john jones was to come up to you and tell you to do something or try to take something from you you're going to do it because that is the best fighter in the world possibly the goat um, he's also like six know. five and you will die if you go against that's just him. basically the facts um but john jones he's doing good for the world and just wanted to highlight that so to to finish it out, yeah, it's it's a crazy world right now. We're living in it, the country. The United States is dealing with a lot of big issues that hopefully in the end will lead to a lot of positive change. Um, and I, I hope just listening to this episode maybe could give you some time to distract yourself from everything going on um, in this country or even the world in general. So appreciate you guys listening, and we will see you next time. Take care.